This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to a late night episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Taylor, joined today by the full squad, David, Brady, and Jordan, breaking down Georgia State's 84-73 to win over Louisiana Lafayette in the conference semifinals of the Sunbelt Tournament. Uh, Georgia State will move on to face Appalachian State in the finals tomorrow as of the recording of this podcast. Right. So in this game versus Louisiana, the first half went well as it possibly could have for Georgia State. They shot 53% from the floor, 6 of 10 from 3, and forced 10 Cajun turnovers on their way to a 52-35 halftime lead. In the second half, Louisiana came storming back. They fought all the way back to tie the game at 69 with 7.5 left. With the score 71-71 with 6.34 remaining, Georgia State locked down on the defensive end late in the game for the second straight night. They put together a 12-0 run over the next 5 minutes and 33 seconds to lock down the win and earn a place in the championship. Corey Allen had 18 first-half points and 21 in total to lead all scorers. Eliel Sosemi had his second double-double of the Sun Belt Tournament with 17 points and 12 rebounds. For the Cajuns, Cedric Russell had 20 and Malik Wilson had 19. Gentlemen, what do we think about this Louisiana game? Oh, man, that was <laughs> a little hectic, a little frustrating. Um, but they looked really, really good in the first half. And, you know, I think part of why it was hectic and frustrating is just because of how good they looked in the first half. Um, you know, I'm definitely glad that they fixed things and got through, you know, those warts that Louisiana was throwing them in the second half, but man, that 17 point lead at halftime evaporated way too quick for my liking. Yeah. At halftime, I had said to all of us, bottom line, you just have to be not any more than 16 points worse in this second half, not necessarily knowing that everything was going to blow up, but just as a, you built yourself a nice cushion, and that's the truth of it. The problem is, I don't know if it was they were playing like they knew they had a cushion a little bit. It was funny in the post game. Coach Nier was like, when the game got tied, he got in the huddle. And was like, cool, the game's tied. Can you play again? <laughs> something like that. Something to that effect. Like it did feel like a little bit. The only time where it felt a little bit like the guys were maybe pressing a little bit was when the game got tied again in single digits again. And they weren't really getting the looks they were needing to. But once the game got tied and once it was a game again and everything was agreed that, you know, time to go. Same thing that happened last night. They shut down on the defensive end. They hit the free throws late in the game. And it ended up not being as close as it probably felt 15, 20 minutes before the end of the game. I think the frustrating part is they looked really, really good for 20 minutes in the first half. They looked pretty good for like the last five minutes as they closed out the win. But between the, the ball, you know, being put in play in the second half and five minutes on the clock, I don't even want to say they looked bored. I don't want to say they looked, you know, like they weren't engaged, but we, you know, we talked about focus kind of offline. And, you know, I, I know that I had mentioned that they looked, they had brought the energy, you know, early in the first half, but it just wasn't there, you know, and a lot of it was Louisiana 
who shot well in the first half, by the way, they only scored 35 points, but you know, their shooting percentages were pretty good. Um, you know, they just started taking these shots in volume that Georgia state were taking in the first half and they were making them, um, you know, and Georgia state just could not for the life of them string two buckets together without Louisiana making a shot. And it was sloppy on the, you know, defensive glass for Georgia state. They turned the ball over way too many times in the second half. And it just, was a culmination of things. And, you know, honestly, you got to give Louisiana some props for coming down uh, with, you know, being able to come back down 17 because they just, they looked really bad in the, you know, for some stretches in the first half and Georgia state just was able to you know, let them back in the game. Yeah. I mean, to, to Georgia state's credit, Brady, you had already talked about it before is that when the game got close, the defense clamps started to tighten. Um, I mean, it's, 634 left in the game. Um, a layup put ULL tied with Georgia State with 71, and they would not go on to score again until just under a minute left in the game. I mean, they went over five minutes of game time in the in the crunch without scoring any points, which is going to be what is going to be the difference between a team that is good in their conference tournament and, you know, does well and a team that might be able to take the next step and really make some noise in uh, some somewhere past the, the tournament. Yeah. And part of the thing, again, with the, you can, the, the worst you can do is 16 points worse. And then you're still going to win is Louisiana did a lot of work to get back into the game. And it's just hard to get over the hump when you're down 17 like that, even they working back like that was super impressive. They played hard. They started doing a lot of things that Georgia State was doing well in the first half and Georgia State doing a lot of the things that Louisiana was doing bad in the first half. So that was a bad combination. But once you get to that point, they had expended a lot of energy to tie the game. And at that point, it just it got too much for them. I think they just they got tired, uh, specifically at that point you're talking about. It was 71-71. LAL hit a free throw to make it 72-71. At that point, Malik Wilson had two free throws to potentially at least tie it, maybe take the lead 73-72, and that would be the first time Louisiana led all game. He missed both of them. Louisiana got another chance the next time down the court. Cedric Russell got a really good look in the corner for three. It rimmed out. And then from that point, uh, 11-0 run for Georgia State. And it was a lot of free throws. They were 8 of 10 from the line in that stretch where they scored those 11 points. They took the air out of the ball really well and then got to the line and made free throws after that. And so that was a stretch of, I think, five and a half minutes from when Elio put them up and when they took the 83-71 lead with a minute left. Uh, Really hard thing to manage at the end of the game like that because we've seen some Georgia State losses. I mean, the most common one we can think of is the one against Louisiana in 2014 tournament where Georgia State was trying to take the air out of the ball late and we're just coming up with empty possessions and not getting to the line, not making shots. And that's how Louisiana forced overtime in that game. In this game, Georgia State was not having those problems. Georgia State was taking the shot clock down and then getting to the foul line and making those foul shots. And then Louisiana just went cold. They weren't making any shots at the end of the game. And I just tired legs had to have played a huge factor there. And, I, you know, I don't even want to harp on Georgia State too much because 
you know, big picture looking at it, they scored 84 points. You know, that's in line with their season average. They allowed 73 points. That's good. You know, you'd never want to say that allowing 73 points and anytime you win by 11 in a conference tournament, like those are good things. I think it's just the way that they got to this results and just kind of the way that the first half went and, you know, the second half kind of transpired. It just, it made a game seem unnecessarily close. Um, that probably shouldn't have been, you know, because you're right, Brady, like Louisiana, after they fought so valiantly back into the game, they just couldn't find the bottom of the net after that point. You know, they did look tired, but it wasn't even like they were necessarily sloppy through that stretch. It's just a lot of their shots, whether open or contested, just weren't finding the net. Yeah, to be clear, I read the room. It seemed like we were leading on the harping, and I I assume we were going to get to the the compliments later. And so I I, I went the flow there, but I also would want to say that that first half was one of the better halves Georgia State's had under Rob Lanier. One of the better halves I've seen them play, no matter who was the coach. I mean, from the beginning, you had the energy from the tip. They were the more physical team. And we were talking about it in the preview of this game last night that Louisiana worked South Alabama on the glass. I think they were plus 24 on the glass in that game, which is just an absurd number. And from the beginning, LEL and Jalen were in there getting rebounds. They were being physical and forcing misses. And it was both running really, really crisp half court sets for Georgia state and also running in transition and just not letting Louisiana get set. It was a perfect marriage of both of those things. Cause there were times where they milked the clock down and worked it to a wide open shooter. And then there are other times where they just push it up immediately. And like Corey Allen sat in the corner and Louisiana just had no one back to get set. And it was a wide open three, really good look. And so early on, it was all that we had wanted to see from the opening tip against Arkansas state against Arkansas state. And so in that respect, again, going back to what we talked about last night, I think that last night was a really good game to have to start this tournament because it got them ready to have what that the what ended up being the winning half for them in this game. Absolutely. Like Jalen, Jalen and Kane kind of came a little bit more alive today, which was good. You know, you got contributions from Ryan Boyce, Evan Johnson off the bench, you know, and as we said yesterday after the Arkansas State game, like that's Georgia State is they've got great depth. We've said it all year, great depth, and they're finding contributions from just about everybody in the lineup. Justin Roberts didn't have, you know, the best game. He only had eight points today, but it didn't matter, especially in the first half. Everybody was active. Everybody was getting involved. And like Brady said, that was probably one of the best halves that Georgia State basketball has ever had. Something else just from this game that I think is worth noting, um, Kane Williams moves into the first place record spot for free throw attempts uh, in the program. So congratulations to Kane. More uh, success on the way for him, I'm sure, as well as uh, if Georgia State continues to play more games past uh, past tomorrow, hopefully. So just wanted to note that and uh, congratulations to Kane. Yeah, and we talked about it in the game last night. We talked about it in this one. The late game free throw shooting, it was great. It was absolutely what you need to win games in March, and he was a part of that. LEL, again, second night in a row, he's had some big free throws late in the game. Uh, I, I think on the broadcast of one of these games, they were talking about how coaches don't really chart free throws as a whole. They care a little bit more about crunch time free throws and you know, I don't have his numbers off the top of my head. I know his season free throw numbers are not very good, but 
just going off memory, his late game free throws are pretty good. And so, you know, credit to him for, you know, if he makes those free throws earlier in the game, maybe you don't need them later in the game, but he is making them late in the game. And it's been really important these two games. Honestly, you know, looking at this now, it did not feel like a game where Georgia State attempted 30 free throws, but they did attempt 30 free throws, you know, 24 in the second half, like and they made 16 of 24 of them. So, I mean, they did exactly what they needed to do down the stretch. So, I mean, it's, it's probably more so because the stretch uh, Louisiana was obviously fouling and just elongated the game. But, you know, like you said, Georgia State was able to do what they needed to do from the chair stripe as the game got on and you mentioned a lot of different guys got in and we should specifically mention ryan boyce uh great game he had he had 13 points and he was you know jalen and Leo were both playing well and he was just kind of a tertiary other guy that he was rolling to the open spot in the zone and hitting a jumper or he was getting a rebound and playing tough inside and also hitting some of those free throws and it just it comes from everywhere with this team. Uh, you've had Evan Johnson absolutely go off in these last couple of weeks. Uh, you've had now Ryan Boyce step up off the bench, and it's been something that had been lacking before this win streak, where the bench had kind of been having some lapses. And I mean, you can understand it because the team had been off. It wasn't all coincidental. There were games where the bench was like three deep, and it was guys just coming back and being cleared to play again. So understandable, but at the end of the day really good to see really important time of the year for that to be happening. All right. So moving on to discuss the title game, just some notes ahead of the game. This is the fifth Sunbelt title game for Georgia state and the eighth season since they've rejoined the Sunbelt. They are three and one in these games with the only loss, of course, coming in an 82, 81 overtime loss to Louisiana in their first appearance in 2014. But a happier note to cancel that Cajuns fact out. Georgia state is now three and O against Louisiana in the conference tournament since that 2014 loss. Panthers are playing for the chance to represent the Sun Belt in the third straight NCAA tournament following the cancellation of the 2020 iteration. And this would be the Panthers' first tournament appearance under coach Rob Lanier. So a little bit on Appalachian State. Uh, App advanced to the title game after a 64-61 victory over Coastal Carolina Sunday night in the semifinal. That was the Mountaineers' second straight overtime game, the previous being a 76-73 win over Texas State the previous night. Monday night's title game will be App's fourth straight game in as many days. So, gentlemen, let's go into a little bit of a rapid-fire Tools of the Game segment here. Tools of the Game, of course, being our weekly segment where we talk about what both the Panthers and their opponent will need to focus on to win this game. Tomorrow, of course, being Appalachian State. Gentlemen, what do you have? I mean, in my mind, it's going to come down to... Some of the things we've already talked about that's gotten a, gotten Georgia State this far, right? It's going to be clutch free throw shooting down the stretch, and it's going to be playing defense when your shots aren't falling. I think that it is going to be tough to gauge where Appalachian State's going to be coming into this game just because they are tired. They've played this many games and this many days. But then again, this time of year, anything could happen. So ultimately, I think it's going to come down to finding the things you can consistently do to affect the game, namely coming from the defensive end. And then, you know, you're going to be in a position where free throw shooting is going to make a difference. So capitalizing on those opportunities and not leaving any points in the line, I think are going to be huge. So I'm going to go with the mean one, given that app state will be playing their fourth game in four days. So after this game, Georgia state win or lose, uh, even if they're playing the NCAA tournament, they're going to have some days off. 
Uh, we can talk some more in another time about how it's awesome that it's no longer on Selection Sunday. Um, but no matter what, you can kind of go all out in this game and you're going to have some rest time. So for me, break out the press, break out anything that's going to cause App State from the start of the game to have to use their legs because they're going to be coming into this game tired than Georgia State. And so we've, I know that Coach Lanier has talked about wanting to be a team that presses 90 feet. And I think because of everything that this year has entailed and where the bench has been depleted, he hasn't been able to do as much as he wants. And I understand all that, but just for this one game, bring it back because it might be a situation where you can force App into some early mistakes or some late, whatever you bring it in and grab a hold of the game at that point. Because the number one thing that has to happen is you've got to win out on this game because you're just able to make the team who's playing their fourth game in four days look like they're playing their fourth game in four days. Yeah, absolutely. That will be very important. And, you know, I think lastly, uh, just kind of Georgia State played App State very differently um, in Boone and then when they played in the sports arena. Um, And I think one thing that really set the difference between those two games was State's ability to shoot threes and control the turnover battle. Um, Georgia State lost the turnover battle both times they played in Boone and they only played once in Atlanta, you know, but it was a much better matchup for Georgia State. And also when they went the weekend series in Boone, they only hit seven threes on the weekend over two games. That can't happen. (laughs) You know, I think, you know, their ability to play defense is going to matter a ton, you know, and their ability to force App State into committing turnovers will matter as well. But Georgia State has to, has to, has to find outside shooting. App State has way too good of guards for Georgia State not to be able to be firing on all cylinders and reach that 80 point mark. Yeah, I just want to take this time and say, I really like this App State team and they've been playing gritty this tournament and it's kind of their DNA to a degree. And just, I'm not necessarily shocked that they have found a way to make a run to the title game here. And I going into this game, Georgia state's perspective, the easy thing to say is you want to play the team that's played more games, but that's in no way to say, Oh, want to play the lower seed. Cause app state's trash. Like this is a good team and they're on fire and it's always dangerous to catch a team who's been putting wins together and who's won in some close games and every time and getting going. I, I guess the one thing that I would say is an advantage for Georgia State, or at least negates any potential advantage for Appalachian State in that regard, is that Georgia State's had to do that in both of their games. They've played two tough games, one of which didn't necessarily have to be tough down the stretch, but it was, and they won. And they've kind of put together this late game moxie, especially on the defensive end. So I think that you can possibly say that Georgia state is as well prepared for that part of it as well. But you know, Almanis is a guy who just gets unconscious and he just makes threes. And I think that some of it's just been variation, you know, sometimes guys are just making their shots, but Georgia state has been giving up some pretty bad percentages in this tournament from three. And that's been in both games, something you'd point to as something that needs to improve. So with a team of shooters with, Forest and Delph and Almonacy like App State have. There can't be another game where you're letting a bunch of threes go in. And so that starts with making sure that you're not giving up that many good looks at three. Um, I think that that's probably going to be what they're going to be looking to do just because it's what they've been doing and they've got guys that can shoot it. Strategy might hurt them because they're on their fourth game and they're tired. But for me, making sure that this is the first game of the tournament where Georgia State 
locks down the perimeter shooting is going to be an important thing. And just as an aside, I think it's pretty easy to argue that the App State road sweep for Georgia State was the low point of this season. The team looked bad. It was two bad losses. And the culmination of just a lot of bad times for the program. So honestly, getting a win over Appalachian State, this specific team in the final to go to the NCAA tournament would feel like a nice bookend to the season and a nice way for it to end given you're going from where was the lowest of the low of the season to now the highest of the high and going to the NCAA tournament. So it almost feels poetic that this is the team that Georgia State is going to play in the final. Yeah, come on now. App State's bigs were really good during that series. And, you know, they haven't even seen Jalen Thomas in his final form. Like Jalen has been, you know, so much better down the stretch than, you know, either him or Elio were, you know, during that App State series. And obviously, you know, App State has gotten better themselves too. you know, give them credit. But at the same time, though, there's been a lot of great play on the Georgia State's side of the ball. And they are they're they're just especially because they're on I think it's an eight game winning streak right now at this point you know they are peaking at the right time as we expected them to and they have been playing a much better more complete team brand of basketball than they were back then so yeah I absolutely agree with you that it's kind of poetic that you know for Georgia State to make it to the NCAA tournament they have to go through a team that kind of beat them up when they were at their low. All right. So as always, Tools of the Game is brought to you by Crawford Tool, longtime supporters of the Panther Athletic Club and the Thursday Night Podcast. So if you want to get some great tools at even better prices, go to CrawfordTool.com and use code THURS at checkout. That's T-H-E-R-S. But I think that's all we've got for this special late night episode. So we will see you tomorrow night, 7 p.m. ESPN2, Panthers versus Mountaineers for all the marbles and a ticket to the big dance. Bye. The Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.